With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. Though it may be known as America's pastime, baseball has spread across the world. Though the MLB is trying to come back, there is still some money to be made overseas, and Greg Peterson is going worldwide to hit a grand slam for your bankroll. From the return of baseball in the States to daily KBL picks, all the bases covered on the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson. So here is the international king of swing. A warm hello, welcome to lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Podcast. Myself, Greg Peterson. We've got a terrific show for you today as we are going to be joined in the second segment by our good buddy from Rotoballer. That'd be Steve Janik. He's joined me once before. We're going to be looking at all the games on Wednesday morning's KBO betting board as we're going to get some breakdowns of him, where he's leaning on these games. We're also going to be asking him just how he's going to be handling betting for the MLB season since he's primarily an MLB slash NFL handicapper. He obviously got into the KBO at the same time that I did. So nice little wide-ranging conversation of KBO and MLB in the second segment. In the final segment, I'm going to be giving you a side total on every game for both the MPB and KBO betting boards for Wednesday morning and a little something I like to call touch a ball. First things first, always love to be able to answer your Twitter questions. If you have something that you'd like me to answer on this podcast, send that into my timeline at GNRS41. If you send these via direct message, aka DM, well, letters DM to me mean does not matter. And I did get in one question from a lot of people yesterday. We're going to answer it in the recap. So let's get started. Take a look back at everything that we noticed in the MPB and KBO Tuesday morning. Try to get to know these teams a little bit better. Try to find some trends and let me rub it in your face. What happened yesterday? Let's go around the bases and find out. Ah, we start out with the game that everyone asked me questions on. And the questions were from a bunch of people. Greg, why in the world are you taking the Lotte Giants? They stink. There's a reason why they're like plus 250 against the NC Dinos. Guess who won the game? 
the Lotte Giants by a count of 10 to 8 over the NC Dinos. In this one, Mike Wright, well, he was not Mr. Wright for the NC Dinos. He winds up going six innings. He gives up three runs, but he was honestly lucky to only give up three runs. He wound up giving up a long ball, nine hits. He only struck out three, wound up walking two. In this one for Lotte, they were really on it. Hitters one through four in the lineup all had multiple hits. Their six hitter, June Day Kim, he wound up having two hits himself. And Day Ho Lee, the former Seattle Mariner, not one, but two home runs, Five RBI, difference maker in this one. For NC, they certainly had their offense going as well as Aaron Altair was Altairistic. He was able to go deep for his 12th home run of the year. Suckman Park, he has not been sucking. He's now hitting a 267. He went yard. That was his sixth home run of the year. So he certainly was able to get the job done as well for Lotte. They took the wholesale approach in this one as they wound up having 11 different pitchers enter into the game. Daewoo Kim wound up getting the start. He goes two and a third innings. He gives up one run. And for the NC Dinos, if you do have one kryptonite with this team, it is the bullpen, and the bullpen let them down in this one. Bullpen winds up giving up seven runs over the course of five innings. All but one of them was earned. For Lotte, the bullpen certainly wasn't great either. They wind up giving up seven runs, but they wind up going eight and a third innings in this one, so they certainly did deliver a whole lot of length. You got to think that both these bullpens are going to be very much gassed going into the game Wednesday morning. But the Lotte Giants, as one of the biggest underdogs of the KBO season, get the job done. Who else got the job done? The LG Twins, as they get a 4-3 win in extra innings over the KT Wiz, better known as the Smiling Blobs. For the LG Twins, Roberto Ramos continues to struggle. He goes 1-4 in this game, but they were able to get a home run off the bat of Cheng Gi Hong. He winds up being able to give the team two hits, and he was able to hit that solo shot. He's only hitting a 203, and that was his first career KBO home run. So, needless to say, this is not a guy that necessarily has a lot of pop, but came at a good time in the 11th inning as the Smiling Blobs bullpen all of a sudden has actually looked a little bit better. They wind up giving up that game-winning home run, but by and large, this bullpen winds up going a grand total of four and a third innings. They give up two runs. That's something that's respectable, and Minsu Kim has actually looked like a very good starter for this team. Ever since he's been putting to the starting role, his ERA has been south of four. He winds up going six innings. He gives up two runs in this one. Min Oli, though, this guy's been absolutely terrific for LG. He's the 18-year-old first-round pick of the LG Twins from the 2020 KBO Draft. Now has a buck 62 ERA. Gets a no decision going five innings. He did jack up his pitch count as he wound up giving up six walks and five hits, but he got out of it every single time, giving up just one run. Bullpen from there, which has been a little bit shaky recently for LG. They were terrific in this one. They wind up giving up two runs over the course of six innings. And for our good friends, the Smiling Blobs, one Mel Rojas continues it. He winds up having three hits and five ABs, but they just weren't able to get that long ball, which really cost them. The Samsung Lions, they weren't giving up the long ball as they were able to take down the SK Wyverns by a count of four to one. A little bit of a surprising game in this one, to say the least, as both teams committed two errors. It was a very sloppy one, but runs were just not being put up on the board. Give the Wyverns both a little bit of credit. They give up two runs over the course of three and a third innings. Jun Hoon Park winds up going four and two-thirds innings. He gives up two runs as well. Got into some airy situations, but he got out of it. But how about Cheong Choi? He winds up going six scoreless innings for the Samsung Lions. Bullpen from there. They give up one run over the course of three innings. Sung Won Oh winds up being able to get the save in this one. And for Samsung, they were playing this game without Tyler Saladino. Got to figure that he's going to be out for at minimum in the next couple days. But how about one Suck Lee? He has not been sucking 
pitching. He winds up giving the team another home run. That is his fifth of the campaign. He's got 32 RBI. He's been able to come on strong for the team. And speaking of coming on strong, how about the Key Wumiros? Winners of now nine out of their last ten. They just take it to the Doosan Bears by a count of 11 to 2. For the Doosan Bears, He Kwan Yu winds up going five innings. He gives up four runs, three of which were not Surprising note in this one, he is not a swing and miss guy whatsoever. He got five strikeouts in five innings. I think that's a season high from bullpen for Doosan. Had been better recently. It was not good on this night. They give up seven runs over the course of three innings. And for Ki-Woon, Sung Lee was absolutely masterful. Gives up one run over the course of six innings. Bullpen gives up one run over the course of three. Everyone did their part. The lone real bright spot for Doosan is the fact that JLO, a guy that had been on the injured list for quite a while, he was able to get a home run. And Jose Miguel Fernandez continues to be Jose Miguel Fernandez. He goes to a four in this game. He is now hitting for the campaign. A 381. And then the Kia Tigers and the Anwa Eagles game. I know that many of you guys had the KR run line well. Unfortunately, got postponed, so Operation Fade Anwa was on hold for a night. And we did see a game out there in the MPB also get postponed due to rain. The Hiroshima Carp and the Tokyo Yakult Swallows had their game postponed, which is strange because I always thought that the Carp needed water in order to survive, and yet rain wound up canceling their game. I'm not sure what happened there. I'm also not sure what happened to the Yakahoma Dana Bay Stars as they said, Hey, baby, not scoring the final eight innings of their game against the Yamiori Giants. They put up two runs in the first inning, and that's all that they get as the Yamiori Giants were able to get a 5-2 win in this one for the Yamiori Giants as well. What is big for this team is that they were able to get not one, not two, but three home runs, and all of a sudden, they've got a masher that you really need to take note of. He's now got two home runs in his last two games, and Kazuma Okamoto, he has been absolutely terrific. Five bombs on the year for him, and for the Dana Bay Stars, the bullpen just wound up not being able to do the job in this one. They wind up going a grand total of three and two-thirds innings. They wind up giving up a grand total of three runs, and that really wastes a pretty solid start. I know that he got into a little bit of danger towards the end of the start, but Hirohiro Hamaguchi winds up going five into third innings. He winds up giving up two runs in the process, and then you have to like the fact that Soshi Togo winds up being able to give up just two runs over the course of six and a third for the Giants, settling down after that first inning. The Anshin Tigers had as many runs as Greg Peterson Tuesday morning as they wind up getting blanked by the Chunichi Dragons by a count of 5-0. to zero. And for the Chunichi Dragons, the difference in this one, Zoilo Almonte gets his first home run of the year, and it was the four-run variety, as that is called a Grand Slam, ladies and gentlemen. And for Anshin, they really wasted a really good start, as Koyo Ayagi winds up going six innings. He gives up one run. Wolpen gives up that Grand Slam. That is the difference in that one. And then for Chunichi... Yuya Yanagi winds up also giving the team a very good start. Seven scoreless innings for this team. Punched out seven. Bullpen was able to go two innings. They got the job done. The Oryx Buffaloes certainly have not been circling the wagons. They have now lost seven straight games, six of which have been by one run. They wind up losing to the Cebu Lions by a count of three to two. And even more frustrating for Oryx. They wind up giving up all three runs via unearned runs. There were two errors committed by Oryx, so pitchers in this game wound up posting a zero ERA, and they wind up losing. Andrew Albers, you probably wanted more length out of him. He winds up only going four innings, but doesn't give up any earned runs. He punched out five. Bullpen did their job. No earned runs given up, but all these runs 
were via the unearned variety. And then for Cebu, the bullpen itself was able to do very good. They've got Reed Garrett in there, former Detroit Tigers hurler. I was about to call him a great, and then I realized, oh, he was never great. So there is that. But for the Oryx Buffaloes, it certainly has been a little bit frustrating for Adam Jones. He winds up going one of four in this game. And for the Oryx Buffaloes in general, it just has been a house of horrors for this team as they have only got one win so far this year. It has been a little bit rough there. And something else that you're going to notice in the MPB is that there's a lot of ties because if the game is tied after 10 innings, it is called a draw. We saw one of these Tuesday morning as uh, Fukuoka South Bangkok's the team that has won five out of the last six titles in the MPB. They tied with the Ham Fighters of Hokioto Nippon by a count of one to one. In this one for Fukuoka, they wind up getting one run in the third inning. They only have two total hits and well, that's all that was really done in this one. Matt Moore, he used to pitch for the Detroit Tigers, Texas Rangers, and many others. He actually looked really good in this one. After he got shelled in his first start of the year, he gives up one run over the course of six innings, 10 strikeouts. Bullpen from there was good. They go four innings. They don't give up a single earned run, five punch outs there. And then for the Ham Fighters, they were able to do a very solid job as well. The bullpen is able to go five scoreless. And then their starter was able to give five innings. They gave up one run in the process. That'd be New Yuki. Uwasawa. Yes, that is a very fun name to say. Needless to say, I had a little bit of a tough time there, but he was able to get the job done. And then we did see one over in the MPB on Tuesday as well. That would be the Rakuten Golden Eagles. And they just took out all their frustrations on the Chibalote Marines, a team that had been entering on a six-game win streak. 15-4, the final in this one. For the Marines, they wound up getting out to a 2-0 lead, and then the Rakuten Eagles wind up putting up a touchdown with the extra point in the second inning, and then from there, things just got completely out of hand. Leonis Martin winds up being able to get a home run for the Chibalote Marines. That is his first of the campaign, but you also had Stefan Romero being able to go yard for the Rakuten Eagles. That is his third of the campaign, and someone that you really need to take note of in the NPB. He's one of the best hitters, in my opinion. Hedatu Asamura. A few days ago, he had a 7-RBI game. He winds up going yard in this one. With regards to a home run count, he is at 4 for the campaign. This guy has just been absolutely terrific for this team. And for the Chiba Lote Marines, they really had to dive into the bullpen as, as Mr. Kota Futaki winds up going for 4 whole outs. And he gives up 6 runs, all of which were earned. When you give up more runs than outs, that's typically not a good thing. Bullpen from there gives up 9. Count them, 9 runs. Over the course of six and two-thirds innings, it was not good there. And what has been very good is the Golden Eagles bullpen. They wind up giving up one run over the course of three. They've still got the best bullpen ERA that you're going to find out there in the MPB. So that is what we all noticed from the NPB and the KBO Tuesday morning. Now, let's get a little bit of a roundup on these KBO games. We welcome on Steve Janik of Rotoballer. He's joined me once before. He's going to talk about that. Oh, he's going to approach the MLB season. That's going to be coming up in a few weeks as well. That is on the other side right here on the Baseball Betting Podcast. Myself, Greg Peterson. Greg is calling in a pinch hitter from the Overtime Network Hotline. And we are back here in Lovey, Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Podcast. Myself, Greg Peterson. Great to have on our next guest. He has joined me once before. He does a great job of breaking down a little bit of everything for Rotoballer. He does a lot of fantasy DFS along with sports betting in the KBO, MLB, 
NFL and so much more. So we've certainly been getting some good news, both of us. And you can follow him on Twitter at RotoStevieJ. And Stevie is spelled S-T-E-V-I-E. And then you've got the J at the end of it, as it is Steve Janik joining me right here on the podcast. And Steve, great to have you aboard, my friend. How are you? Oh, Greg, it's uh, great to be back on. I'm doing quite well. I'm out in Pennsylvania. The weather has been quite dry recently. It's very hot. (laughs) It's kind of nice to stay inside every now and again, but no complaints. Oh, absolutely. It certainly is getting a little bit nicer all over the place out here in Las Vegas. It's not 100 and it's not 60. So I'm very happy about that. And I'm sure that you're very happy that we're going to be getting an MLB season. Obviously, how exactly the season's going to look, it's a little bit to be determined. We're obviously going to have a 60 game season. Teams are starting to report to camp right now. Have you fired in on anything with regards to season win totals or anything like that? Because right now I'm looking into the season and everything like that. But at the same time, I want to see sort of how this second spring training is structured. What all happens with that before I wind up making any wide sweeping conclusions on any team? Yeah, I'll be honest with you. I haven't even looked at win totals yet. I did see that they just got released on most sports books, DraftKings and whatnot, but I haven't even looked at it just because, like you said, with this second spring trading, who knows what's going to happen. All it's going to take is one outbreak again on a team's camp and who knows the season might get shut down again. So I'm going to wait a little bit as we get closer to the season. We got a little under a month left, I think. They said they're going to do about, what, two or three weeks of a, a training camp. So as we get a little bit closer, I might fire out a couple win totals, but I might also hold off a bit and just wait until we see who's here, who's healthy, who's ready to go. And plus, I want to see what things are being said by some of these beat reporters with regards to how these guys are looking with regards to pitchers as well, because I think that's a big key. You just don't know how these guys are going to be looking to begin the year, because as we know, with the shutdown of spring training to now, it's been Pretty much the equivalent of a regular offseason. They need to try to get ramped back up in three weeks. Some of these guys kept themselves in better shape than others. So certainly is an interesting situation. And what else is very fascinating, what's all been happening in the KBO these last few weeks? I think it's been just a whole lot of fun. And what we're noticing right now is that we are seeing a little bit more of even play. The NC Dinos have come back to the pack a little bit. The Kiwum Heroes just two games back with regards to the overall season wins, and with Kiwum Heroes, they've won nine out of their last ten games. They're right now about a minus 140, minus 145-ish favorite against Tucson. How do you look at this game? Because I take a look at Tucson trotting out there, Young Ha Lee, and this is just a guy that I can't trust in to be able to knock off a Kiwum team that has been so hot recently. Yeah, I'm looking the over this game. You know, like you said, Young Ha Lee, he has a 70 RA on the road. He's potentially due for some positive regression. His 4.58 FIP says he's not pitching quite as bad, but I'm, I'm leaning the over on this one. The heroes, they're really trending upwards recently. Like you said, nine out of their last 10 that they've won. They're hitting just 257 against right-handed pitchers, but I'm taking the offense in this one. Both offenses, especially Deucen on the road, over seven runs a game. It's hard to trust the pitchers on either side here. I'm definitely leaning the offense in this one. Yeah, I certainly do have a little bit more faith in the Kiwum Heroes to get the job done with regards to their pitching than I do do, son, as we do have Steve Janik joining me on the podcast. That's a great job with Roto Baller. You're probably going to call me absolutely insane, but I wound up taking the Lotte Giants against the NC Dinos Tuesday morning. That somehow, someway paid off, and now you've got a case in which Lotte has reached as high as $3 as they've got one Sam Jong taking them out against Chang Mo Ku. This is going to be a fascinating matchup as with Ku. He has been absolutely terrific this year. 13070 RA. But last we saw him, he gave up five runs, four of which were earned in four innings against KT. I've been listening to a lot of these guys that have been covering the KBO for a long time. 
who has just not been a guy that has wound up performing for this many innings before in his career. It seems like there might be a little bit of wear and tear. Now, Lote doesn't necessarily try to out there the most trustworthy of guys, someone that is 37 years old and has made one start so far this year. But I think that if you're getting north of plus 250 with the Giants, it at the very least is worth a stab. I'm not going to say that they win this game every single time, but I do think that there's some strange value here on Lote. Yeah, it's funny. Right before I went to bed last night, I did see that you took Lote, and I saw you were getting some flack on Twitter, and you got the last laugh on that one this morning. But I agree with you about Koo. Who knows if he can continue this pace. The pace he was on was just insane. But I do agree with you that there might be some look again at Lote. Just, you know, why not? Because they did it yesterday. They can do it today. They really got to NC's bullpen on Tuesday. And I think that that is a big factor with Koo. If he can make it through, you know, the first six or seven innings, then I think NC has a shot. That's why one of my official plays on Rotoballer for my article will be NC first five minus one and a half. I think they're able to get to Won Sem Jong for Lote. Like you said, he's only made one start this year. It's just his fourth start in the last two years, 37 years old. That's not exactly what Lote is hoping for to toss out there. So I really do think that NC is going to come out swinging. They're going to get Koo a lot of run support and just have to see if he can continue the pace that he was on before last start. Yep, this is certainly one of the biggest underdogs that we've seen in the KBO season, obviously. When Han Wa wound up going up against Koo, they were a little bit of a bigger underdog. But a game that's going to have a little bit of a tighter spread, that would be the LG Twins. And they're going to be going up against the KT Wiz, or as they're known on this podcast, the good old Smiling Blobs. And for Jay Sung Bae, he's going to be taking the mound for our good friends of Blobs. He's been up and down, and I think that's putting it very politely. Over his last five starts, he has given up. Seven runs, zero runs, four runs, eight runs, and two runs. So you don't know what you're going to get out of him. You don't know what you're going to get out of the KT bullpen. And you have absolutely no idea where you're going to get out of Woon Chan Shah. Because two starts ago, he wound up getting lit up like a Christmas tree against Tucson. He gave up eight runs over the course of one innings. And then he winds up going six scoreless against Ki Woom. So I think that this is a very intriguing matchup. LG, a slight favorite in this one. How do you lean on this? Because I do think that this could be a very good spot for an over just because you don't know what you're going to get out of Bay. And with Shaw, he's just been walking guys left and right all year. And I do think that the Twins are bound to bust out with the bats a bit as well. Yep, you took the words right out of my mouth. I actually got this over at nine and a half. I think it's the perfect play. I think it bumped up to, on DraftKings to 10. I think on FanDuel it was 10 and a half. Like you said, I think it's fantastic value. KT, they hit 305 against lefties. LG, you know, they play in that big stadium. They only hit 270 against righties. But like you said, I really think that this offense is just waiting to bust out. I think they're three and seven in their last 10. And like, again, neither pitcher jump off the page at all. So I think the over is really the play here. I absolutely agree with you as well. As we do have Steve Janik joining me on the podcast, I wound up taking that over at 10 personally. And when you take a look at the board for Wednesday morning, I do think that a game that has a little bit of intrigue is the Wyverns as a bit of an underdog. They're going to be going up against Samsung. David Buchanan is a guy that has had a lot of masterful starts, but when he gets hit, he gets hit hard. We saw this in his last start against Hanwha. That was on ESPN. He winds up giving up eight runs over the course of six. How he went six innings in that start, I have absolutely no clue, but We've seen him give up five plus runs in three starts so far this year. Other than those three starts, he has given up two earned runs or fewer in every one of his other starts as well. So it's just a little bit sporadic with him. And we'll say this. If there's one guy that you could trust him for SK, it is Sungwon Moon. He has been solid for this team. 323 ERA. I think that he's a guy that has the nickname Subby. He's only given up four home runs in 53 innings. Does a solid job of not walking, guys. SK has certainly been scuffling this year. They're dealing with their manager fainting in the 
dugout a few days ago. But with that said, I do think that this is an SK team that they finally have a chance to be able to get a solid win in this one. And I guess Moon maybe must not have been a guy that I had been looking at a whole ton this year. If he was on any other team and he had some run support, he'd probably be a name he's kind of overlooked because of how bad their team has been so far. In terms of a side, I think I'm going to roll with Samsung again. Because like you said with Buchanan, you know, he has two really, really bad starts. But before his last start where he gave up eight runs in six innings, he only allowed five earned runs over his last five starts combined. So he kind of has those blow-up games, and then he kind of comes back down to reality. So if I had to take a side, I would take Samsung. But overall, I think my play here is the under because of, I think, both pitchers are a little underappreciated. So I would roll the under. With David Buchanan, it's one of these things where I also do think that you have to bring in a little bit of the outside factor as well, because in his last start, you could tell that he was a little bit bothered on the mound. I know that his wife is now pregnant. She's going to be having a baby, but she has to go back to the United States because it's a high-risk pregnancy. And as bad as it sounds, I am taking sort of the psychology into this a little bit. I don't know if David Buchanan is going to be quite the same. And that's something that I try to take into account a little bit with my handicapping. Obviously, it's not the end-all be-all, but I do think that little things like that can be something that if you know that something is up with a guy, you take it into account and sometimes it can be the difference. That's a great piece of information. I must have missed that after his last start. But yeah, that's definitely something you have to take into account with the environment that we're in in the world with the pandemic and everything so yeah I, that's that's an interesting tidbit there absolutely and steve we've got one game left to talk about that we have yet to on this preview of the kbo games for wednesday morning and that would be a game which i don't think that you're taking hand on this one it's going to be the kia tigers and the hand eagles it is going to be ki young m that's going to be going for the kia tigers Meanwhile, she won. Jung is going to be going for Hanwha. With Hanwha, I've actually been looking at them whenever they've had Warwick Sapple going on the round. He's been solid for this team. But I just take a look at Jung. He wound up having actually a solid start when he went up against Samsung. But this is also someone that he wound up having a string of five straight starts in which he allowed four plus runs. The Hanwha bullpen, as we know, is not very good. And I will say, M for Kia has actually been very solid so far this year. 291 ERA. This is someone that has been just superb at not walking, guys. 43 and a third innings. A total of 11 walks when you combine normal walks and hit batsmen. Only giving up two home runs. I think that this is a solid spot for Kia. We had Kia minus one and a half mile, uh, picks yesterday, and I'm going to take the exact same pick today. Like you said, Eam has been very solid. He's kind of been overshadowed by guys like Aaron Brooks and Drew Gagnon because they've been so good. But Eam, you know, he's got a top five fifth in the KBO. And like you said, when you go up against a team like Hanwha, I think this is really a spot where Kia can come in. You know, their offense is a lot better at home. I think they average just under three runs per game more at home than they do on the road. So I think guys like Preston Tucker and Min Sang Yu and Wu Choi can really come in and go up against a right-hander and uh, take advantage and get a nice big win here against the Eagles. We do have Steve Janik of Rotoballer joining me on the podcast. And Steve, just looking long-term, not necessarily for Wednesday morning, but is there anything that you're looking at in the KBO in general? I've been saying for a while that NC was probably due for a little bit of regression. I think they might be hitting it right now. I've been saying that KT is a very dangerous team because they do have the league leader in home runs of Mel Rojas. So I do think that a lot of KT overs are going to be coming in. And I do think that that's going to be starting tonight. Is there anything that you're looking at in general when it comes to KBO over perhaps this week, this month, something of that nature? Um, I would say I look for LG to kind of get back into the swing of things. You know, they had some injuries. They haven't really been hitting the ball that well. They only have two home runs in their last 10 games. When you have a guy like Roberto Ramos in your lineup, that's got to change. He might just be in a funk. I really look for them to, you know, get back into the swing of where they were to start the season. Kia is kind of a similar situation. Their pitching has really carried them so far this year, but I think their offense has enough in it 
And if they can pick up their play on the road as compared to how they play at home, I think they could maybe start to see themselves creep up the rankings a little bit. Obviously, you got your three main ones, NC and Kiwoom and Deuce and Kiwoom came on strong over the last week. I think a lot of people expected that if they had followed the KBO in the past. Kiwoom has a lot of veterans and a lot of solid players in their lineup. So it's no surprise to me that they crept up. NC, I still think they're the odds on favorite, in my opinion. Their bullpen gets shaky at times. But uh, over the next few weeks, I would agree with you on the KT. Their lineup is definitely deadly, but I would really look for LG and KT or LG and Kia to start springing back up. I do agree with you. I think that's a very good call there. And something that's always a good call is following your picks, Steve. You do absolutely terrific work over there with Rotoballer. So we'd like to close it up with this. Let the good people know where they're able to follow you on social media and just what you're working on in general. Since obviously you're giving out your daily KBO picks. Those are all on your Twitter feed at J altogether. I spelt that out at the top as well with the Stevie having an IE at the end of it. And I know that you're getting into a couple other things as well, especially with the MLB starting up in a few weeks. Yeah, some life things might get in the way of doing it as much as I do the KBO, buying a house and getting married and everything. But I did a lot of NFL handicapping last year, a lot of college football handicapping. So hopefully the MLB will you know, be able to go through with the season and everything can go the way it does. I'll do my best to get as many picks out as I can over at Roto Baller. We have a great staff. There might be some other people who might be assisting me this year with MLB. It's going to be an interesting season for sure. It certainly is going to be. And Steve is going to be there every step of the way. He does absolutely terrific work over there with the Roto Baller. So big thanks to him for joining me right here on the Baseball Betting Cup podcast. And coming up next, it is that time of the podcast, which I give you a side total on every game for Wednesday morning's MPB and KBO betting boards as we touch them all. Welcome back to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson as we're off to a quality start. And now it's time to walk it off in a grand fashion. And we are back here in Lobby, Las Vegas with the Baseball Betting Podcast. Myself, Greg Peterson. Big thanks to Steve Janik of Rotoballer for joining me in the last segment. Now it is that time of the podcast, which I give you a side in total on every game for Wednesday morning's NPB and KBO betting boards as we touch them all. If a game is listed on the betting board, Greg has a side and a total on it, so it is time to touch them all. Got the normal disclaimer here that any changes that are made to these plays will be listed up on my Twitter feed at GNRS41, and much like you're going to find with foreign baseball lines at pretty much everywhere except Pinnacle, you're betting on the team and the team only, so let's say that in the MPB, you think that you're going to be getting like Matt Moore yesterday, for example. And instead of Matt Moore, the Fukuoka SoftBank Hawks were going to be trotting out there. Our good buddy, the Loch Ness Monster, because why not? 2020 has been so strange. Let's have the Loch Ness Monster wind up starting for the defending champions in the MPB. Well, congratulations for better or worse. You've got the Loch Ness Monster. So always want to throw that in there. As per usual, we're going to be going in Las Vegas rotation order with these. And we're going to be starting with the MPB because their games start at 2 a.m. Pacific, 5 a.m. Eastern. The KBO starts 30 minutes later. So we're going in time order with regards to that. And I think that they actually have lower numbers as well. So that makes sense. We start with 304-113-304-114. It is the Chibalote Marines. And they are going to be hitting the road to face off against the Rakuten Eagles. If you're looking at the Eagles, laying anywhere between minus 150 
155 and minus 157. With Chibalote, you're getting anywhere between plus 135 and plus 138. Total on this game is 9. The over is just a minus 105. The under is minus 115. And your pitching matchup in this one going for our good buddies, the Golden Eagles. It is going to be Hidaki Waku. And it is going to be Kazuo Yajima, who is going to be going for the Lote Marines. And Ojima wound up getting a little bit roughed up in his first start. He's currently got a 720 ERA for the campaign, but obviously that is over the course of a very small sample size. But I do have to throw this in here. What I really love about the Raccoon Eagles is the fact that they have got the best bullpen ERA that you're going to find in the MPB. This team has been nails all year long, and they wound up putting up 15 runs on the board in their game Tuesday morning. This is a team that is certainly firing in all cylinders. They are one of the top teams that you're going to find in this league as they are now sitting there with a record of 7-3 and three with the Chibalote Marines. They are 8-2, but they wound up beating up on the Oryx Buffaloes, and five of those wins in that series against the Buffaloes were by one run, but you have to throw this in here as well. Leonis Martin and Brandon Laird are probably the two best foreign-born duos when it comes to hitting in the MPB. Both these guys have been doing a solid job. Martin was able to get a home run yesterday. Laird for the campaign. He's got five bombs. He's hitting above a 300. And then you've got Takashi Ogino, who's been doing a very solid job with regards to the Chiba Lote Marines as well. But I do have a little bit of tough time trusting in Ojima in this one, especially the fact that he's only 23 years old. When he was age 22, between the Japanese Eastern and Pacific Leagues, he wound up going 7-7 and for the team. He had a 2.86 ERA, but this is someone that he does walk quite a few guys, 3.5 walks per 9. His strikeouts per 9 last year were very solid, right around 8.5. He just really didn't have the swing and miss stuff to begin the season, and I do think that this is a very good spot for the Raccoon Eagles to be able to get some runs up on the board, because what you love about this team is that they are just going to play some small ball. They were able to get quite a few home runs Tuesday morning, but that's not really what this team is about. You do have Stefan Romero, who's got three home runs, but he's a guy that's hitting above 400 right now. Jabari Blash has been hitting right around the Mendoza line, but Hidatu Asamura is who you really want to take note of. This is a guy that already has three home runs so far this year. He's hitting nearly a 400. He's been doing just an absolutely superb job of getting on base. This is a team that's very deep with their lineup. I do think that they are going to be able to get to Ojima in this spot. I think it's going to be high scoring. I think that it's just going to be a complete Rakuten Eagles hit fest in this one. So for that reason, we are going to be going with the Rakuten Golden Eagles in this spot and we are going to be taking this total over as well. We move on to game number 304-115-304-116. The Yakahoma Dana Bay Stars are going to be hitting the road to face off against the Yamiyori Giants. If you're taking a look at the Giants, you're going to be laying quite a bit here. Right around minus 155 across the board. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at the Dana Bay Stars, you're going to be getting anywhere between plus 135 and at circuit, they're giving you a plus 136. So it takes the penny when you're able to get it. Your total on this game, it is 8.5. Total has juice on the over anywhere between minus 115 and minus 120. Unders anywhere between even minus 105. Your pitching matchup for this one. Going for Yamiori, it is going to be Christopher Mercedes and it is going to be Shutu Sukari, who is going to be going for the Dana Bay Stars. And for Mr. Mercedes, to say that things did not go as planned in his first start would be very, very generous. He just wound up getting lit up. He was unable to finish five innings for the team. The bullpen from there, they certainly did struggle. It was just a hot mess for the Giants on that night. The Colts Walls were able to take it to them. So that is something that is of note. But with the Giants, they also do have a very good lineup as well. You've now got in the fold Gerardo Parra. He's been able to do a solid job. He was able to hit a home run for the team Tuesday morning. He's going to be someone that you really look to. But even beyond that, they've got a 
little bit of a struggling bet in Hayatu Sakamatu. I think that this is someone that is really going to be able to emerge. And I say struggling because he's only hitting right around a 300 for the year. This is also someone that last year hit right around 40 home runs. He's only got one so far this year. I think that he's going to be able to have a little bit of a come up with that regard. And then when you take a look at Christopher, whose last name is actually going to vary on the announced starters on NPB Reddit. It is Mercedes. If you take a look on Baseball Reddit, they have him as Christopher Customoto. So to put it in layman's terms, you're betting on Christopher from the Dominican Republic, as I phrase it, just like, oh, it's Jake from State Farm. So there is that, but you take a look at what he did during the 2018 season. He wound up having a 3.06 ERA, so he was solid with that regard, kept the ball in the yard, not necessarily much of a swing and miss guy, and he's going to pitch a contact. He gave up nearly 10 hits per nine innings, so that is something that is a little bit less than trustworthy. Obviously, with the Giants, you do have quite a few good bomber bats, but they also did wind up using up their closer, and yes, former MLB or Ruby De La Rosa yesterday, so he might not be available in this game. And for the base stars, they've got one of the better hitters that you're going to find out there in this league, and Tyler Austin. He wound up struggling in the team's game Tuesday morning, but this is someone that is hitting right around a 400 for the campaign. He had back-to-back home runs going into the team's game Tuesday morning. Jose Lopez has been struggling. He's hitting right around the Mendoza line. you got to think that he's going to be able to hike that up a little bit more. And then you just take a look at this base star team in general. They're hitting as a collective just under a 300. And they've got a solid bullpen. It's not great. It's not awful. Spencer Penn is someone that you're going to be able to look to late in the game if you need a little bit of a boost. But I think that both these teams are going to put up runs. But at the same time, I do think that this is going to be a little bit of a better outing for the base stars because you take a look at who they've got going on the mound and Shuto Sakuri. This is someone that's a little bit younger. He's 21 years old. But during the 2019 campaign, was actually really solid. 3-1-4 ERA. He's not going to give this team tremendous length. He wound up going 36 total games in 2019 with 48 and two-thirds innings. So you got to think that he's sort of a pseudo-opener in the spot, and you're going to be really getting the base stars wholesale approach in this spot. I think that he's going to be able to give the team like three, four solid innings. I think that they're building him up a little bit more. So I do think that he's going to be like a opener plus in this spot. And then from there, you're going to get the base stars bullpen, which is pretty solid. You do have a couple untrustworthy arms, like someone like a Shino Harata has just been absolutely awful for this team. But I mentioned Spencer Patton a little bit earlier. I have a little bit more faith in this spot in the Dana base stars with regards to their offense. I think that Mercedes is going to be trotted out there for a couple too many innings. And with Yami Yori using Ruby De La Rosa, their closer, in the game Tuesday morning, I think that the Bay Stars pull out a high-scoring game. So we're taking the over, and we're going to be taking the A-Bay Bays. We move on to 304-117-304-118. The Chunichi Dragons are going to be playing mostly Hanshin Tigers. If you're taking a look at the Tigers, you're going to be getting a plus price in this spot. With the Tigers, they are anywhere between plus 110 and plus 112. Meanwhile, with the Dragons, pretty much across the board, you're going to be finding them at minus 130. Your total on this game is anywhere between 7 and 7.5. And on the 7.5, over is of even, and the under is minus 120. On 7, your over is juice of minus 115. The under is minus 105. Pitching matchup for this one, you've got a pair of Takumis in this one. It is going to be Takumi Ayakama, who's going to be going for Hanshin. Meanwhile, it is going to be Takumi Yamimoto, who's going to be going for the Junichi Dragons. Yes, that is a little bit of a tongue twister, but with that said, with Mr. Yamimoto, this is someone that I have a little bit of a tough time trusting in with the Chunichi Dragons. Their bullpen has been a little bit of a hot mess so far this year. They were certainly able to get the job done against Hanshin Tuesday morning, but by and large, this is a team whose bullpen ERA is north of five. With Yamimoto, his first start of the year, he wound up giving up three runs over the course of five innings. This is someone that is certainly younger as he is 20 years old. During the 2019 campaign, he saw some reps. He was better than his record would indicate. 
5-9 record, but he had a 3.20 ERA. He was just a victim of bad luck as he wound up giving up nearly .7 unearned runs per game. So, Fielder certainly were not helping him out there. What else was not helping him out? He had less than five strikeouts per nine innings, and he gave up more than four and a half walks per nine. I think that's exactly what Hanchin is going to need. With Hanchin, you certainly have a lot more power than this team had during the 2019 campaign when they were dead last in the MPB and home runs. You bring in Justin Bohr. This is someone that I think is going to be able to get it going. He had a rough start to the year, but he was able to get a nice extra base hit for the team Tuesday morning. They just weren't able to drive him in. Jeffrey Marte is someone that's hitting above a 300 for this bunch. Jerry Sands came into the fold as well. He has been struggling a little bit, but I think that he's going to be able to find his sea legs. And with Anchin, this is a team that, well, their pitching has not necessarily been great either. You take a look at their gentleman named Takumi, and he's someone that I think is going to be a little bit interesting. 29 years old during the 2019 campaign for Anchin, he was actually very good. He had a 14-5 record, but I will say this. He wound up playing a lot of the season for the Japanese Western League, so that is a little bit of a different moniker rather than the Japanese Central League. In the Central League, he had more around a 425 ERA. was still 4-3, and three, so he was still solid with that regard. Gave up less than a home run per nine innings. He does a good job of being able to draw some soft contact, and what you know about him as well is that he is not going to give up walks. Throughout his career, fewer than two walks per nine innings. Does a good job of being able to keep the game out in front of him, and that's big because with the Shunichi Dragons, they were able to get that home run off the bat of Zoilo Almonte. That was a grand slam, but this is not a team that's going to be lighting it up. I expect them to be in the bottom two when it comes to total home runs during the 2020 campaign, but they've got a lot of guys that they just find a way to get on base. They have a team on base percentage right around a 320, which is very solid for the team. Someone like a Kodei Umetsu has been able to do a solid job of being able to give the team a couple hits. You also have to like the fact that you've got Almonte being able to do a solid job of getting on, and Yote Kyoto. He has been hitting right around a 350 for this bunch as well, but I really don't have a lot of faith in either bullpen. I think that the Tigers are going to be able to get a little bit of a better start in this spot, and I think that they've just got overall power that is better than that of Chunichi. So for that reason, going to be taking the plus price here with Hanshin, and we're going to be taking this total over as well. 304-119-304-120. The Ham Fighters of Nippon are going to be facing off against the defending champion Fukuoka, South Bangkok. So if you're taking a look at the Hawks, you're going to be flying with a little bit of juice added to it. As with the Fukuoka Soft Bangkoks, you're finding them anywhere between minus 123 and minus 125. Ham Fighters are plus 105. Your total on this game is 8. The over is juice of minus 115. And your under is minus 105. Starting pitching matchup in this one. Going for the Fighters of Ham, it is going to be Nick Martinez. And Shuta Ishikawa is going to be going for the Soft Bangkoks. With Nick Martinez, this is someone that spent a little bit of time out there in the MLB. He was never really good at the AAA level. He certainly was not good at the MLB level. And he certainly has not necessarily been great out there in the MPB. So there's not a whole lot of redeeming qualities there. You take a look at Nick Martinez in his first start of the 2020 campaign. It certainly did not wind up going as planned. He gave up four runs over the course of five innings, including two long balls. He was able to give the team seven strikeouts, but this gentleman who used to pitch for the Texas Rangers, certainly not a guy that I want to be sticking my chips in the middle with. He wound up having a very short 2019 season as well. He made two total appearances in the NPB for a total of four innings. His first start in 2020 meant that he pitched more in 2020 with regards to total innings than in 2019. Now, if you take a look back at his first full season in the MPB during the 2018 campaign, 10-11 and 11 record, 351 ERA, he wound up giving up only about a home run per nine innings, but 
He also had 5.2 strikeouts per nine. He's not much of a swing and miss guy. There's just not a whole lot of redeeming qualities there. And this is a ham fighters team that, well, the bullpen has not necessarily been great either. You take a look at the bullpen ERA, it is north of six. That is just absolutely grody right there. With the ham fighters, I will give them a little bit of credit. They are starting to get the bats rolling a little bit with this as they've got a grand total of 10 home runs on the campaign, so that's a little bit redeeming, but the batting average is out there. How about a 2-1-4 team batting average? That is absolutely wretched. And then you take a look at the South Bangkoks. This is a team that has won five out of the last six MPB titles. I think that they are going to be just fine. Now, the pitching has been a little bit spotty. That's putting it very politely. And with Ishikawa, he got shelled in his first start of the year. Three and two-thirds innings against the Cebu Lions. He gave up six runs, all of which were earned. He wound up giving up a long ball. And this is a Fukuoka team that they're not afraid to give up home runs. With Ishikawa during the 2019 campaign, this is also a guy that certainly had his suspectness because he made four total appearances for five innings. So you've got a lot of sight unseen pitchers in this one. You've got a bunch of guys that... Well, let's face it, they're going to be going up against lineups that should be able to hit them and hit them hard with Wilmer Ballantine. I think that he's going to be able to find it. He's been hitting right around the Mendoza line all year long, a little bit below it, but I think that he's going to be able to get things rolling. And when you take a look at the South Bangkok's Yuki Yanagita has already three home runs so far this year. He's only been hitting right around a 225-ish, but his on-base is more around a 375. I think that this is a spot at which both these teams are just going to have a hit parade. And I think that you're going to see a high-scoring game in which the South Bangkok's pull out. So we're going to be laying it here with the South Bangkok, and we're going to be taking this total over. 304-121-304-122. It is the Cebu Lions, and they are going to be playing us the Oryx Buffaloes. Nobody circles the wagons like the biggest underdog on the NPB betting board as the Oryx Buffaloes are finding themselves anywhere between plus 190 and plus 195. If you're taking a look at Cebu, you're going to be laying it here. Anywhere between minus 220 and minus 235. Your total on this game is 9.5. On the 9.5, overdue of minus 105. The under is minus 115. Starting pitching matchup in this one, going for the buffs. It is going to be Yu Suzuki, and it is going to be Tosuya Imei, who's going to be going for the Cebu Lions. And for Imei, Imei, I say this, the first start of the year for him did not necessarily go as planned as he wound up going up against the South Bangkok, the defending champs, and well, they let him up like a Christmas tree, as I've been saying a lot on this podcast, because it is true with a lot of these guys. He went five and two-thirds innings. Why he went that long, I don't know, because he wound up giving up 12 hits, seven runs, all of which were earned, two home runs, three walks, and a partridge in a pear tree. It was not good. And with Emei, this is a guy that, throughout his career, it just has not necessarily been great. He's a young 22-year-old pitcher during the 2019 campaign. He wound up going a grand total of 7-9 and nine across his starts. He wound up being able to be a little bit of an innings eater, as he wound up going an average of 6-plus innings in his starts, but with that said, he gives up nearly 5 walks per 9 innings, about 7 punch-outs per 9. There's not really a whole lot to like with him. And then you take a look at the other side, it's really sus as to what you're going to be able to get out of Mr. Suzuki, and we know this, the Oryx Buffaloes. Oh, that bullpen has not been good because they're currently on a seven-game losing streak. Six of these games have been by approximately one run, and I will say that the game Tuesday morning was not the bullpen's fault as every single run that was given up by this team was unearned, and for Suzuki in his first start of the campaign, he wound up going three innings. He gave up two runs, both of which were earned, so a little bit of a fizzler with regards to that. You take a look at what he did during the 2019 season. He wound up pitching for just a several bunch of leagues. 
but a grand total of 7 at 7, 372 ERA. Gotta think that he's probably not going to give great length. He wound up going an average of about four, four and a half innings per start. So you got to think that this is probably going to be a four slash five and out for him. But what he does is he does a good job of keeping the game out in front of him. 0.7 home runs given up per nine innings. He's going to give you eight and a half punch outs per nine as well. So this is a guy that's actually pretty solid. And with the Buffaloes, they actually did a solid job of being able to hold down the fort. Brandon Nixon is a guy that is probably going to be able to give you multiple innings out of the bullpen as well. I do like that. Tyler Higgins is a guy that you're able to rely upon as well. So a lot of the long guys have been safe for Oryx. I do think that this is going to be a higher scoring game. I think that Adam Jones, who's got two home runs so far this year, he's going to be able to bust out. You take a look at this team in general. They were able to get a good home run off the bat of Adderlin Rodriguez. That was his first of campaign. He's starting to come out. Kenya Wakataki, he has been hitting right around a 300 for the Oryx Buffaloes as well. So you do have a little bit of something there. And then when you take a look at the flip side for the Cebu Lions, this is a team that has a very fearsome lineup as well. They're averaging right in the neighborhood of about six runs per game. Corey Spangenberg hit a grand slam earlier this campaign. He has been off to an okay start. He's hitting right around a 260-ish on base, right around a 300. I believe that he was held out of the team's game yesterday. He should be a go for this one, though. You take a look at Hotoka Yamakawa. This is someone that is doing a good job of getting on base a little bit, over a 300 batting average. And as a team, the on base for the Lions is right around a 350. So I do think that we're going to see quite a few runs in this one, but I think that in the end, Oryx is going to be able to get to a very young Cebu team that, let's face it, the bullpen is not very good, and I just don't think that they're going to be able to get anything whatsoever out of their man, Mr. Ime. So for that reason, taking the plus price here with Oryx, and we are going to be taking this little over as well. We wrap things up with 304-123, 304-124 before we get to the KBO. That'd be the Hiroshima Carp, and they're going to be in the road to face off against the Occult Swallows of Tokyo. If you're taking a look at the Swallows, well, you're going to be gulping down a little bit of a plus price here. You're going to be finding them anywhere between plus 122 and plus 125. Meanwhile, if you're looking to lay it with the carp, you're going to be laying anywhere between minus 140 and minus 145. Your total on this game is 9. The over is juice anywhere between plus 105 and minus 105. The under is anywhere between minus 115 and minus 125. Your pitching matchup for this one, it is going to be one Albert Suarez, who is going to be going for the Occult Swallows. Meanwhile, Chris with the K. Johnson is going to be on the mound for the Carp, and Chris was supposed to be going for the Carp in their game Tuesday morning. That wound up getting rained out. Absolute irony, considering that the Carp need water to survive, and yet they wound up getting their game rained out. Yep, that's a really bad joke, but with that said, I do think that Mr. Chris is going to be able to give this a solid start after. He had a pretty darn solid 2019 campaign. He wound up going 11-8 and for the team. He wound up in 27 starts, being able to go 156 and two-thirds innings. So, he's a little bit of a horse for this team. In the first start of 2020 for him, he wound up giving up three runs over the course of five innings. I think that he's going to be able to find his watermark because what he does a great job of, not allowing home runs. 0.7 home runs given up per nine innings during the 2019 campaign. He did give up right around three and a half walks, so that is something that you do need to watch with them, but you take a look at the other side for the Occult Swallows. This is a team that, well, they're not going to draw too many walks. You do have Nori, don't call me Steve Aoki, along with Alcides Escobar, trying to form the Milwaukee Brewers Far East Movement with Al Escobar. He's never been a great hitter. He's right now hitting barely above the Mendoza line for this team. Now, I will say, with Mr. Aoki, he's hitting right around a 280, so he certainly has been able to get the job done there. And then when you take a look at this team in general, General, they do have a measure in Teostu Yamada. He's already got four home runs and 11 RBI so far this year on base of a 375. So 
He certainly has been doing a great job with that regard, but you also take a look at the occult swallows. The bullpen, it's a little bit suspect. Scott McGow has been a little bit less than expected for this team. He wound up blowing some games in some big spots, but I do think that Suarez is going to be able to give the team a solid start. He wound up being able to go scoreless in six innings in his first start of the 2020 season. This is a guy that has spent a little bit of time with the San Francisco Giants. He was pitching for the Reno Aces actually a couple years ago as well. If you're taking a look at AAA, his first start in the MPB during the 2019 campaign was just very limited because he was also pitching in, I believe, the Venezuelan League as well. As a result, he went 2-3, and three, but he gave the team a 2.51 ERA, and what this guy does a good job of, keeping the ball in the yard. 0.6 home runs per 9 innings. You take a look at what he was able to do. More in the AAA level sort of things. He was never really a long guy, but at the same time, he was able to give you a little bit of something. If you go all the way back to like 2015, he was stretched out in more like 2017, 2018. That was shortened up, so I do think that Suarez is going to be able to hold down the fort. I just question whether he's going to be able to go north of five and a half, six innings, and I think that as a result, the Carp are going to be able to get into the Yukult Swallows bullpen. Johnson, I think, is going to be an ace for the Carp in this one. I think that they're going to be able to pull out a little bit of a lower scoring game, so we're going to be taking our first under on the MPB board, and we're going to be taking the favored Carp. Now we move on to the KBO betting board, and as per usual, we are going to be going in Las Vegas rotation order on all these as well, and we are going to be beginning with 304-611-304-612. The Eagles of Anwa are going to be hitting the road to face off against the Kia Tigers. Tigers are pretty much minus 260 across the board. Meanwhile, with Anwa, going to be finding them anywhere between plus 215 and plus 224. Your total on this game is 9 to 9.5. We're going to give you the 9.5 first. Over of 9.5 has juice of even. The under is minus 120. Meanwhile, on 9, just flip it. Over juice of minus 120. Under is even. Pitching matchup is exactly what it was supposed to be for Tuesday morning in the KBO before the game got rained out. Shi Won Jung is going to be going for Anwa. Meanwhile, Ki Young Im is going to be going for Kia. I broke this game down yesterday. You've got the exact same pitching matchup, so I'm not going to be going into too much depth on it. I will say with Jung, I do think that the extra day of rest might be able to help him out a little bit more because this is someone that is 32 years old. He's been in the KBO ever since 2007, so... He's been an okay pitcher because he got off to that really rough start in which he wound up giving up four plus runs and five straight starts. But you take a look at his last two starts and combine three earned runs over the course of 10 innings. He's been able to get 12 punch outs and he's a little bit more of a swing and miss guy. He's going to give out a couple walks. And then when you're able to take a look at him, he's been one of the better surprises out there in the KBO. He had a 573 ERA last year, 626 a year before. But this year, he's put it all together. He's only allowed two home runs over the course of 43 and a third innings. With Andwa, this is a team that they don't have a single guy with four plus home runs. You do have a couple guys that are emerging with regards to a batting average like a Jin Ho Jung has been able to do a solid job of getting on baseball with Kia. You gotta love the fact that Preston Tucker has 40 plus RBI, double digit amount of home runs. He's hitting above a 300. And then you've got some ageless wonders for this team as Jiwon Na has been able to give the team a couple home runs. Hun Woo Choi has been able to do a solid job as well. He had a grand slam in the team's last series against Ki Woom as well. I do think that this is going to be a very interesting spot in which I do think that Zhang is going to be able to keep the game out in front of him. I I think that he's going to be able to go five or so strong for Anwa. I think that in the end, the Tigers are going to be able to get into that bullpen for right around four or five runs or so, and they're going to be able to take care of business with that regard. And seeing as though pretty much every book had a nine 
with regards to the total on Tuesday morning with having a nine and a half here. I'm going to look at this under and I'm going to be taking the Tigers on the run line. If you're taking a look at a Kia Tigers run line, this is going up and up and up. Seeing it mostly anywhere between minus 140 and minus 150, but I do think that there's good value. I just cannot take Anvil on this spot. So run line of the Kia Tigers and the under the play here. We move on to 304-613, 304-614. The Kiwo Muros are going to be playing us to the Bears of Tucson. If you're taking a look at Tucson, you're going to be getting a plus price with them. With Tucson, they are pretty much plus one 35 across the board. I am seeing Kiwoom right around a minus 150 to a minus 155. Circa's offering a little bit of better juice on this game, and the total on it is 10.5. With the 10.5, over is anywhere between minus 105 and minus 110. The under is anywhere between minus 110 and minus 115. Your pitching matchup for this one. Going for the Bears of Dusan, it is going to be Young Ali, and it is going to be Han He Han, who is going to be going for Kiwoom. And for Han, he's actually been very soft for Kiwoom recently. I do give him a lot of credit. You take a look at what he's been able to do recently. He has given up more than three runs in just one out of his last five starts. This after he got off to just an absolutely wretched start to the year. And bigger than that, he's doing an absolutely superb job of keeping the ball in the yard. Zero home runs given up over his last six starts. That is something that is very commendable. 51 and a third innings. He's only given up 12 blocks as well. So he does a nice job of not putting on unnecessary runners. Meanwhile, with Lee, this is someone that, well, it's been a little bit brutal for him. You take a look at his last three starts. He has given up a combined eight runs, and that is over the course of right around 14 innings and change. Now, I will say, he's able to get a couple good swings and misses, but he also is a guy that has given up three-plus walks in four out of his last five starts as well, and with Ki-Woom, this is a team that is really getting it going. I really love the fact that Jung-Hoo Lee is getting a little bit more respect. He's hitting right around a 375 for this bunch. He's only got right around seven home runs, but he does a great job of just being able to drive guys in. He plays the field really well. Don Juan Park has been able to give the team right around a 300 batting average. He's got some pop in the bat. Byung Ho Park led the KBO in home runs during the 2019 season. Hasn't necessarily quite been there, but over the last two weeks or so, he's been able to pick it up with the batting average on base is still above a 380. And then you take a look at the Newsom Bears. JLO was able to get a home run Tuesday morning, but that's really their lone bright spot aside from Jose Miguel Fernandez going 204 in that game, sitting a 381 for the year. Not necessarily much of a power bat, though. And I will say for Newsom, obviously, you've got the big bombers like J1 O sitting at 290. You've got Su Bin Jung, who's been able to do a solid job as well. J1 Kim has been able to give the team 11 home runs as well, but I really like the way the Key Womb is pitching. They've got a lot of their trustworthy bullpen arms. They're going to be up and loose in this one. I do think that Lee is going to be a little bit better for Doosan in this one, so I'm going to be leaning towards the under, but I think that Han has really been able to figure it out as a pitcher. He's backed up by a solid bullpen, so for that reason, we're going to be laying it here with Key Womb, and we're going to be taking this little under. 304-615-304-616. Samsung Lions are going to be playing those to the Wyverns of SK. If you're taking a look at the SK Wyverns, well, the money has been piling in on them. You were finding them at some books north of plus 125 underdogs a little bit earlier. They are now at plus pretty much 105 across the board. That makes Samsung right around anywhere between minus 123 and minus 125 favorites. And your total on this game, it is 8.5. If you're taking a look at the 8.5, the over is just anywhere between minus 105 and minus 120. So shop accordingly for that. Meanwhile, the under is anywhere between even and minus 115. Your pitching matchup for this one. It is going to be our good buddy Subby that's going to go for SK. Sung one moon and it is going to be David Buchanan who's going to be going for Samsung and I mentioned it when we were talking to our good buddy Steve with Rotoballer I think that David is just right now 
dealing with a lot. And I love how I just called him by his first name as if we're like buddy-buddy. But with Buchanan, he certainly is dealing with his wife going back to the United States because there's a high-risk pregnancy there. And you got to think that that's going to be messing with his psyche. The fact that he was able to deliver six innings against Hanwell was commendable because he gave up eight runs in the first three. He managed to eat three innings for them. But you got to wonder if that took a little bit of a toll on him because he pitched a season-high 109 pitches in that as well. I think that there might be a little bit of a lingering effect with Samsung. They had to use some guys like So Oh, a lot of their trustworthy bullpen arms to be able to pull out the game Tuesday morning. And with Moon, this guy has actually been absolutely terrific. 323 ERA. SK has been dealing with a lot themselves. They wound up having their manager collapse in the dugout a few days ago. But when you take a look at Moon over his last four starts, he's given up a combined four earned runs, won six plus innings in every one of them. He has given up one home run in that time span. He has walked two guys or fewer in every one of his starts so far this year. A rarity in the KBO. I love the way that he keeps the game out in front of him with Samsung. They're currently dealing with not having Tyler Saladino. Now, I will say that Jayhawk Lee has been absolutely terrific for this team. He's hitting right around a 400 over the last three weeks. He has really been able to find it. You also have to like the fact that Samsung has had a little bit more balance with regards to their lineup as well. Someone like Ji Chong Kim has been hitting right around a 275. Sen Su Kim hitting a little bit above a 300. And then one suck Lee was able to get a home run for the team yesterday. But I do think that Jamie Romack and Jung Choi are going to be able to bust out. Both these guys were in the top five in the KBO with regards to home runs during the 2019 season. Both these guys have been scuffling when it comes to a sheer home run standpoint, but both guys are still doing a solid job of getting on base. Both of their on-base percentages are above a 375. And then you also got a nice sign for this team Tuesday morning in Ji-Hoon Choi, their very promising left fielder. He was able to get his first career home run. He's got a 370 on-base percentage and a 318 batting average. That's big because other than Kongu Kim, who has a very small sample size with only 22 plate appearances, he's been hitting a 429. A lot of these other guys, they're hitting right around a 245. 250. You don't necessarily have a lot of power with any of these guys, so I do think that that is fascinating, but I do think that this is a team that is going to be able to get it going. I think that Buchanan is just dealing with a lot. I think that he's not going to be able to control the emotions in this game. I think that this is a very good spot for an SK team that has been scuffling to be able to get some runs up on the board and really take it to Samsung. So for that reason, we're going to be taking the plus price here with the Wyverns, and we're going to be taking this total over as well. We move on to 304-617-304-618. The LG Twins are going to be playing host of the KT Wiz, and we have to do it on this podcast. I think it's now in my contract. The KT Wiz, better known as the Smiling Blobs. And if you're taking a look at our good buddies, the Smiling Blobs, you're getting a plus price. Anywhere between plus 110 and plus 120. Yes, it does bring joy to my heart whenever I get to say Smiling Blobs. Meanwhile, with the LG Twins, are anywhere between minus 130 and minus 140. The total on this game between the Twins and the Smiling Blobs is 10. If you're taking a look at the over, it is anywhere between minus 105 and minus 120. The under is anywhere between even a minus 115. So once again, shop accordingly if you're going to be looking at that total. And your pitching matchup in this one, Jason Bay. Hey, baby, he's going to be going for the Smiling Bluffs. Meanwhile, Won Chan Cha is going to be going for the LG Twins. And Cha has been saying cha-cha-cha to a whole bunch of guys going cha-cha-cha on base because, well, he's been giving up a lot of walks so far this year. 47 innings. How about the fact that he has given up 22 walks? That's a little bit atrocious. He has given up six home runs in the process as well. And he was doing a good job with command at the beginning of the year. 
he is now giving up four plus walks in three out of his last four starts. Now, he looked terrific in his last start against Kiboom. Six scoreless innings, only issued two walks in that one. He had seven strikeouts, which is the most that he had recorded since early May. So, that was very encouraging, but I do think that this is a good spot for the Blobs because you've got Med Rojas, who's hitting nearly a 400 for this team. He's got 17 home runs, leads the KBO, leads the KBO in RBI. Beko Kong, he's been in a little bit of a funk lately, but he's hitting right around 300. He's got a double-digit amount of home runs. I like what I'm seeing out of him. And then you've got someone like uh, Young Ho Jo, who's been doing a solid job with the Smiling Blobs after Rojas along with... Kong, you don't have a lot of guys that are going to be going yard, but you've got a lot of guys that are going to be able to set the table. And for the LG Twins, they've only got one home run in the last three weeks out of one Roberto Ramos that has been hurting the team a little bit. I will say, Hansu Kim, the hit machine, he's hitting right around a 350 for this month. He was able to get a home run Sunday morning for the team, so that was a little bit encouraging, but you got to wonder where the rest of the power is going to be coming from for this team, because you've got someone like a Kunam Yu. He's been able to give the team four home runs at the catcher spot. The catcher spot has actually been surprisingly good for this team. And then you've got Unsu Sung Che. He has been solid as well. 29 RBI, 5 home runs. Hits right around a 300, but the LG Twins have been scuffling a little bit with their bats. I think that this is going to be a good get-well spot because when you take a look at Bay. Uh, hey, baby, he's been saying that to his ERA going up. 391 ERA for the campaign, but you take a look at what he's done recently. He has given up a combined 16 runs over the course of his last three starts. In those starts, he wound up going 14 and two-thirds innings, so certainly has been a little bit of a slog there. Not necessarily much of a strikeout guy. He's recorded more than four strikeouts in just one out of his last eight starts. He has also given up at least three walks in five out of his last six starts as well, so he certainly has opened himself. I will say this. The LG Twins bullpen has been regressing, and the KT Wiz, aka Smiling Blobs, have actually been a little bit better with the bullpen, and I think that the Blobs in general have a better total lineup. So we're going to be taking our friends, the Blobios, and we're going to be taking this little overhead. We wrap things up with 304 619 304 620. You've got the Giants of Lote, and they are going to be hitting the road to face off against the NC Dinos. If you're taking a look at the NC Dinos, you're going to be laying it here. It is Yokorama as they are laying anywhere between minus 340 and minus 360 with the Giants of Lote. You're getting anywhere between plus 288 and plus 290, and your total on this game is 9.5. Overjuice of minus 105. The under is minus 115. The pitching matchup in this one, it is not necessarily a fair fight, as you've got going for the NC Dinos, Cheng Moku, and it is going to be Won Sam Zhang who's going to be going for Lote. You say the name Won Sam Zhang. 37-year-old, he's making his second start of the year, and you think, oh, this guy stinks, but he's actually had a track record of success out there in the KBO, and I will say, a lot of it came in the mid-2000s for the Samsung Lions, but this is someone that is capable of keeping the ball in the yard. He's also been a longtime starter in this league. I think that he's going to be able to give a Lotte bullpen that... Well, let's face it, they use pretty much everyone in their game Tuesday morning. A little bit of a break. I think that he's certainly going to fare better than his first start against Tucson, which was on May 12th, by the way. He wound up in that game going three innings. He gave up five runs, all which were earned, 10 hits. He certainly is going to be a little bit more of a pitcher contact guy, but with NC, keep in mind, Minwoo Park, who sets the table for the scene, he wound up leaving the team's game Tuesday morning. He had been just on an absolute tear for the team. Now, Aaron Altair, he also knows about tears. He wound up being able to give the team a home run Tuesday morning. He's been on his game. He Dong Kwan has been able to find it. He's been able to give the team a couple bombs. Sung Bum Na, not much more can be said about him. He's hitting above a 300 double-digit amount of home runs. We're going to be seeing him in the MLB someday, but I think that the regression for Chang Mo Ku is real. 
137 ERA, but last time he took the mound against our good friends, the Blobbios, he winds up going four innings. He gives up five runs, four of which were earned. He had four punch-outs in the game. Now, I will say, he's done a great job with walks. He's given up two walks or fewer in all but one of his starts so far this year, but I feel like he's starting to wear down a little bit more. This is someone that, throughout his KBO career, has never went more than 133 innings. He's not used to this. He's never went more than 25 starts in a campaign either, and if there is one weakness with the NC Dinos. It is the bullpen, and you've got a low-day team that they do a great job of getting on base. Dejo Lee was able to give the team multiple home runs in their win Tuesday morning. He's hitting above a 300. You've got to love the fact that you've got Dixon Machado going over the last three weeks. He's been hitting north of a 350 as well, and then you've got a little bit more of a power error in John Woo John, who's been able to give the team nine home runs, 23 RBI. He's hitting nearly a 300 as well, and to top it all off, Asup Sun. 434 on base. He has just been terrific at being able to set the table for this team. I do think that Koo is certainly going to be better than what he showed against the Smiling Blobs about a week or so ago, but I actually think that the Wiley veteran of Lote is going to be able to give the team five strong. The Lote bullpen has been pretty solid recently. I think they get the job done. We are going to be taking the massive plus price here with Lote. Yes, I do like it a Lote. And we're going to be taking this total under as well, and that will wrap things up for the Tuesday afternoon slash Wednesday morning edition of the Baseball Betting Podcast. Myself, Greg Peterson. Big thanks to Steve Janik of Rotoballer for joining me in the second segment. And if you like what you're hearing from this fine podcast, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and tune in. If you have a very big question for the podcast, right into my timeline, HRS41. Hopefully you're all safe, healthy, and doing well. I'll talk to you guys once again tomorrow. Thank you.